monthly gross pay is 22,000. My weekly net pay would be a 4,100. Yeah, um, it's for about 4,100, 4,000. Oh, you said, oh, that's a week. Yeah, that's a week. <laughs> what is up guys, Jason here. Welcome back to the channel and our series, Nurses to Riches, The Road to Fire. In our last episode, we had Nasima on the episode. Nasima is one of the richest nurses that I've met so far. If you want to learn about backdoor Roth IRAs, 457Bs, renting out your car through Turo, and other investment hacks, make sure you go watch that video. But today we have a guest on the show that has been a longtime follower of ours and a very active member on our Discord server, Les. The reason I wanted to have Les on our channel is because he seems to be very meticulous about tracking his finances and increasing his savings. You're going to be blown away by the amount of money he is saving as a nurse. And that's exactly why I have him on the show today. So Les, please introduce yourself. Let us know what state you work in and what led you to become a nurse. All right. Hey guys, I'm Les. Uh, I'm originally from Georgia, but as of now, thanks to discovering Jason's channel approximately about a year ago, I am now working in the Bay Area in California <laughs> where, you know, as Jason says, and it's not a joke, pay is way better than other U.S. states. I'm 27 and I'm currently a travel nurse that works in the operating room. Okay. And how long ago did you say that you moved to California? It's been about three months now because I'm just about to complete my first contract at the hospital I'm currently at and I just extended contract. Wow. And where did you work before that? Like, oh, uh, what, what state did you work in? Uh, before that, I was actually in Chicago for about six months during their winter. It was, I'm from the <laughs> South, so I'm not used to the yeah. snow, having to dig out my own parking spot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was in Chicago for six months on my first travel assignment. We, you know, it was pretty nice. But before that, I was in Georgia, had worked in Atlanta for a couple of years. And before that, I had uh, worked in rural North Georgia in a small community hospital. So you were in Georgia, then you went to Chicago after that? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. I was only in Chicago for a few months, uh, just doing gotcha. my first assignment. But this was like at the peak of COVID when travel assignments were like at all time yeah. highs in December. Yeah, I don't know if you watched the video with Hervé, but he was making like 7K a week is what he told me. Yeah. How much were you making when you were, when you first started out during the pandemic? Unfortunately, wait, when you mean pandemic, you mean 2020? At the, at the beginning, at the height of the oh, pandemic. All right. all right, so at the height of the pandemic, which would have been like March 2020, I was probably making 33 $34 an hour as a staff nurse in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So that was your first job though, right? That was actually my second job. My first job, which was in 2017, when I had just graduated nursing school, I was actually making $19 a few cents an hour as a, as a new grad nurse. And I made that for about a year. When you were making $19 an hour, did you think that was kind of low for a nurse? No. So I no. definitely knew it was low. But the thing is that unit I had worked on, I had worked as a tech for about a year while I was in nursing school. And I was basically guaranteed a job as long as, you know, I stayed there, did good. And I felt like I would receive good training there. I knew all the people there. I knew the doctors I was going to work with. So I was like, you know what, let's do it. I knew if I went somewhere else, I'd probably make a dollar or two more. So I was yeah. like, you know, let's just go where I'm at, where I'm familiar with. And you know, at the end, it actually worked out pretty great with me. You know, it could have been dumb, you know, losing out on a couple grand a year or that first year as a new grad. But I feel like the investment 
investment was worth it. And that's what I saw it as. And that's why I took it. Yeah. You know, you're 100% right. It is an investment. But you know what's unfortunate, though? It's like that employers know that, that nurses mm -hmm. are willing to take pay that is that low because they know it's just like a stepping stone to the rest of their career. So it is unfortunate because they don't raise the salaries knowing that yeah. nurses will take those jobs, you know, um, because I don't know if you saw, I think it was last year or um, maybe like a year and a half ago, there was this nurse that I think she works in Georgia or Alabama, one of those states. And she said that she was going to leave her nursing job to work at Target because Target was going to be paying more than her nursing job. See, especially if you're working like in a rural area in the South, yeah. which I'm familiar with. Yeah, they're, you're basically making at most $23, $24, even with a couple of years experience. And, you know, my goal was just to get those two years there, not worry because I was living with my my parents not worry too much about the paycheck and then move on to my next job and that's what i did moving to atlanta where i went from 23 50 an hour to 33 in one career in one job change yeah. wow that's that's a huge jump yeah which you know at the time i was yeah. what, 23 24 i was like oh yeah, yeah let me take this job <laughs> that's true, dude yeah you're right yeah. you gotta think about it like that yeah <laughs> yeah so how much do you earn now all right so now i earn right now i'm making a hundred $40 an hour. Unfortunately, when I extended uh, or at the current hospital I am, they dropped me down a few dollars. Hold on hour. a second. Hold on a second. We need to pause. <laughs> you said you're making $140 an hour? Yes. Yes, $140 an hour. Yeah. Uh, and the neat thing about that is as a travel nurse, you're entitled to stipends, which is tax-free money. Depending on where you're located at, the amount varies. When I was in Chicago, my stipend was 1400 a week. So that's 1400 of tax-free money. You know, you're supposed to use it for your living expenses and all that. Yeah. And right now, being in the Bay Area, specifically where I'm at, it changes throughout the Bay. I'm receiving about 2200 in tax-free stipends, which is a lot of money to receive tax-free. Wow. Yeah. So break this down for me. I, there's many people that want to get into travel nursing, but they don't understand how the tax-free money works and then the taxed amount of money. So you're making $140 an hour. Does that include the stipend? Yeah. Yeah. So that does basically includes the stipend. Okay. Like, you know, when, when I break, break down what my, I guess, weekly gross pay is by how many yeah. hours I work, it's 140. So that, yeah, wow. that includes the stipend. Cause if you were not even to include that stipend with that, that'd be like 160, 170. I, I'm guessing right there, but it's something like that with the stipend to 140 i want to say i'm taxed at 87 dollars an hour and the rest is basically stipend something like oh, that oh okay yeah yeah wow that makes sense now okay so when you are looking for a travel job what is like your minimum requirement what kind of things are you looking for that you need to make <laughs> sure this hospital or this contract meets before you accept that travel contract basically i'm i'm really not too picky i'm actually i think i'm more of a let's work let's do it let's do whatever but uh yeah. as far as my picks i would say i have to be and you know right now the operating room is actually one of the highest paying assignments you get or the part yes. as a traveler uh any procedural units such as endoscopy cath lab or i might be missing a few others but basically my minimum requirements as of now is i want to be making at least 5k i don't mind working 36 40 hours shoot i prefer to work some overtime on top of that so you know some overtime availability and 
as long as it's in a major city, I don't have too much of a preference. And, you know, luckily Bay Area has, what, San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco to choose from. But right now I'm in the suburb in the Bay Area. And are you working 10-hour shifts, 12-hour shifts, 8-hour shifts? What are your shifts like? So I'm working 8-hour shifts right now. You know, when I was in Chicago, I was working 10-hour shifts. I prefer 10-hour shifts. It's not too big of a deal. I live really to the hospital. I'm working days as of now, but I'm about to switch to evening shift that I volunteered for for some reason. But I think I'm doing. I think I'm doing it. You, you know, just to get used to it in the future. If you were, if I were yeah. to get a staff job, you know, I don't know when I'm gonna get one. I get. And how many days a week? Oh, I work five days a week. Yeah. Five days. So a I work, week. I work okay. my forty hours. Okay. Yeah, because I noticed that's a common theme amongst OR nurses. They work usually about forty hours a week. Yeah. But do you get paid the time and a half after eight hours in one day? See, I'm not too sure about that. As far as I know, I think I do. I know it when because you know it depends on your contract too. Depending on what your contract says and depending on how the pay works, you could be getting paid through your initial shift ends, you know, if you stay late or after 40 hours. But then also working in the OR, you could be on call. Call can start as soon as your shift ends. So, you know, it generally depends on what your contract says. As far as I'm aware, my contract states I should be making overtime as soon as my shift ends. So if I stay late after my shift, that's when overtime kicks in, even if I've worked less than 40 hours already. And do they actually have overtime in the OR? Because I know many nurses say there's not that much overtime available when you're an OR nurse. So that's what I was told when I was first here. They're like, oh, well, at other hospitals in the Bay Area, the call pay is so good. They're, you know, as far as my hospital goes, it's about half of what the nurse's hourly wage is. So to be on call, you're making half of what you're making just to be actually working at the hospital. And so people are fighting for that call hours at these hospitals. (laughs) And it goes, and it usually goes to the nurses who have been there longest. I guess that has to do more with the union. Yeah. So yeah. whoever has seniority gets to pick, I guess, their call, yeah. whatever. And then, you know, it just falls on down the line. Yeah. In Georgia, kinda, yeah. where I work, it was the opposite. You're getting paid oh, three, really? $3 an hour. Who who wants to <laughs> who wants to be on call for $3 an hour? Yeah. And so, you know, you know people, people are trying to give it away. <laughs> it's like the nurses at Kaiser, any nurse who works in a procedural unit, when they're on call they get paid time and a half for three hours minimum but if they get called in and they actually show up to the hospital they'll get paid time and a half for at least three hours even if they're only there for an hour or two hours of the procedure but if they stay the entire shift they get paid time and a half the entire shift that they're there you know and then obviously they'll earn time and a half from the eighth hour to the 12th hour and then double time after that but um yeah that's how it works for kaiser but yeah the fact that you guys can earn money while you're sitting home being on a call list is pretty cool in my opinion and you actually earned that as a traveler no i don't get that my traveler Uh call pay sucks but that's the thing is they they don't make me take much call like it's not even much call it's more like well if you we need you and you know we need people to stay late will you do it i'm like yeah whatever i'm making the overtime rate so it's not a big deal and i'm I'm already there and usually at most they only make me stay an hour which is not that bad you know a little bit extra spending money yeah wait so how old are you now so i'm 27 but i'm about to turn 28. Wow. Because, um, you know, the reason why I wanted to have you on this episode is because I saw you're always posting your pie chart of how much you've earned or how much you're saving. You break yeah. down your expenses and your investments and your savings rate. And I'm like, damn, he's saving that much. So, <laughs> but, it, you know, 140 an hour, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I had made a Google sheet earlier this year when I was in Chicago. The hospital I worked at was slow, so I had plenty of time to learn <laughs> other stuff. So I learned how to I learned how to make work on Excel and all that. And so I made myself a personal spending chart, whatever, and how I break down all that. It looks like, you know. No, <laughs> dude, look, I eat that stuff up. It was like, yeah. you know, I'm a numbers guy. So when I see yeah. stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I love seeing these numbers. You know, it, it makes me like think about what can we do, me and Monica, to improve our savings rate. And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, you're 27 years old, right? And you're a traveler and you're making, you know, $140 an hour. But Monica and I combined, we're making more than that, right? And I'm like, I have yeah. no excuse, you know, because you're saving 50% of your income. That's huge. That yeah, is really but huge. Another thing is, you have a family <laughs> it's just me i can live as cheap as i want to <laughs> like right now my unit true. is probably as small as it could be uh, you know i'm still paying a good for this unit you know especially where i'm at in the bay area i'm paying 2k for a room in a house you know it's got its wow. own bathroom and all that but you know yeah. it's if i were to have to bring my like a kid i guess a wife we wouldn't be able to live in this <laughs> like i just have one one step that way i'm on i'm on my bed yeah. two steps that but, way i'm in the bathroom yeah but, I can but you know like what by myself what you're doing right though is that yeah you're you're setting yourself up for a situation that when you do end up getting married or you do end up having children mm -hmm. you won't even have to worry about money yeah you, you know, know you that, can take a part-time job you don't have to yeah you're not forced to have to do something because you need it to i guess spend for the mortgage whatever and yeah i yeah. i totally agree with that i'm i'm in a really good situation that i'm taking full advantage of but why is it that you're saving so much money right now do you plan to retire early or is, do you just want to be like financially independent what is it exactly so yeah it's a little bit both you know so having that idea of being financially independent is nice even with how much money i have now you know i could be like well if i really hate this job i could just walk away and i could live on yes. savings for a while uh you know i don't want I do that i, I want to see those savings yeah. continue to increase absolutely but you know i don't have to put up with a lot of bs and you know <laughs> in the future when my savings increase even more i don't have to put up with any bs that i see unnecessary and if i have a family say you know as of now i'm not seeing wanting to have a family in my 20s say in my late 30s whatever early 40s i could afford to work part-time at that point what i'm thinking i'm going to be making at that well have at that point yeah is right i should be fine working part-time you know maybe i won't be saving as much but i won't be digging into my savings yeah makes you can sense spend time with your family your wife your kids yada yada family. absolutely dude that's i think about that all the time because like right now the reason i'm not picking up overtime is because mm -hmm. you know my base working hours is 20 hours a week you know ever since our son came into the picture i'm like man i just want to be home i want to see him grow yeah, you know i don't want to be working all the time and i feel like i burned myself out because i don't know if you saw previously i was working runs so i was working like 16 <laughs> days in a row 19 days in a row and it wasn't that hard don't get me wrong it wasn't that hard because i was yeah. only coming in for four hours on my days off but the fact that i couldn't see my son during the time that i was at work i'm like man this is not cool so i ended up taking off my last portion of my paternity leave from uh -huh. like march to may and when i returned from my vacation because we went to the maldives new york and all these other places mm -hmm. i was like you know what i really enjoyed the time that i had off i got to spend it with my family so when i returned to work I am not picking up any hours. I've actually only picked up like six hours in total since May of this year, just oh, wow. because of that. But, okay. and then part of that is my mom, she was living with us from like last mm -hmm. year in September or August, all the way up to May. And she left in May to go to my sister's house in New York City. So we have not had any additional help in the house since yeah. she left. So I had to pick up the slack, you know, but
but she's coming back in October and I'll, I'm definitely going to be picking up overtime once she returns. I won't have to be watching my son while I'm off from work and I won't be exhausted from that, you know? See, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to, I guess, plan for yeah. in the future where I don't have to be in that situation where I won't have help. I mean, you know, I might have it. Why plan for the best situation? So is, yeah. all of your, is all of your family in Georgia? Um, Yeah, basically my, my whole immediate family is in Georgia or in the New Jersey area. I don't really have family here in California. So, you know. Gotcha. And what is your current net worth? I want to get into the money details now. All right. <laughs> I know you, so you my, like this part. Uh, I remember I told you once, I was like, I really don't want to look at my net worth because, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, especially with the market crash in January, February, yeah. you know, how it is currently. I was like, oh, do I really want to look at a bunch of a neck numbers? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, as of now, I think my net worth should be about 200000 Wow. Um, and you're 27, right? Yeah. I was yeah, like, uh, dude, I was like negative. I don't know, 80,000 <laughs> when I was 27. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I was in a good situation throughout college where I received scholarships to attend nursing school. Didn't have any student loans. I think out of pocket, I paid a few thousand to get my BSN. So maybe wow. three three to 5,000. I don't know the exact number, but basically I didn't have to take out loans. Jeez, um, dude, you that's know, and you were living with your parents. Yeah, so I was helped. living with my parents. Uh, yeah. You know, I worked a couple jobs, but I didn't have to work full time. I, I was just working hard time just to you know pay for like personal stuff so very fortunate situation i was in where i didn't need to worry too much about things so you know what i've noticed a common theme okay for those of you that don't want to be in debt when you graduate from <laughs> nursing school just move in with your parents <laughs> <laughs> and yeah people won't but i say that too but not everyone has that uh fortunate situation yeah, where you can live with true. your parents i luckily happened to live close to a college uh what 30 minutes away from where my parents lived i had a good relationship with my family so i didn't worry about it i lived with them till i was 24 and i had a good amount of savings i think you know i said as soon as i made i guess my first 60k saved yeah it's when i'll move out and that's what i did wow uh, as soon as Dude. i received 60k i'm like okay i'm gonna yeah. move out let's start looking for a job somewhere else where i can make more money <laughs> and aside from your savings rate do you have any investments do you have a 401k 403b um... so yeah uh this is probably gonna be the first year i actually maximized my 401k i think last year I got to like 12,000, you know, I yeah. probably should have just maximized it too, but I didn't. I think uh, currently in my 401ks, I have probably about 40,000 saved up. IRA, I probably have about 10, 11,000. I can't actually contribute this year because I'm actually probably yeah. going to make too much, which, you know, it's a good thing, uh, yeah. but also it kind of sucks, but I had contributed the past two years, 12,000 in total. It um, went down, you know, and then HSA, I probably have a few thousand, maybe 5,000 total. So, so you got to start doing like Nasima does and just do a backdoor Roth IRA. See, okay, so I actually did it once. And, you know, yeah. I remember the process sucked, okay, especially as a traveler and me having multiple jobs. Yeah. Each company has like a brokerage. And it's so annoying yeah. having to transfer the money to, uh, I try to transfer it to Fidelity or Vanguard, which are pretty easy. But it's so yeah. annoying. You have to fill out all this paperwork, send it through the mail. And, you know, one of them was pretty easy to do. But now I have to do that with my last travel job. Then I'm going to have to do it with this travel job. But I'll, I'll get to it. Oh, but you know what? You're talking about the 401k or 403b. This is different with the backdoor Roth IRA. That's when you invest your after-tax income. 
So you can just open up a Fidelity account and do it through Fidelity where you'll open up like, let's say a traditional IRA and then you'll transfer it over. So it's it's like a few clicks of a button. That's actually easier and you need to look into that because you could have way more money and then you can pick your investments also. So let, let's say you just want to pick index funds and you want to pick like a total stock market index fund. You can yeah. do that. And you you don't have to transfer it anytime you move from one contract to the next or one agency to the next. That's different. So look into that and you'll be able to uh, save a lot more and invest a lot more money that way. All right. I might have I might yeah. have misread something, but yeah, yeah. I'll look into it. Yeah. Save a Especially few more now because you're still young. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> so aside from your investments with your retirement accounts, do you have any real estate that you're planning to own or that you currently own? So a big portion of what I'm trying to save for is a house. You know, right now that I'm thinking I'm trying to be a trap traveler, at least in my twenties, you know, maybe get a house and I don't think that's going to happen in the Bay area. Housing is way too expensive. <laughs> I've been looking at yeah. Sacramento time as far as housing goes, I could afford something really good on my own, but as of now, I do not have a house. I do help my parents who have a couple houses that they rent out. Uh, so I sent them some money to loan out to, uh, have some liquidity, uh, on renovated property that they have. But, oh. you know, as far as I'm aware, I'm a, I'm gonna say that that's a investment as far as future inheritance goes. So what are your monthly expenses like? Um, you mentioned that you pay around $2,000 for your room. What about groceries? You said you don't have any student right. loans. Do you travel? What other expenses do you have? As far as average grocery bill goes, it's about $430 a month. I saw a video where you said you pay like what? I remember I was mind blown. I was like, I think I spent I spent half of that just on my own. But you know, Yeah, I'm it's a, like $833. I'm a, uh, I'm a pretty healthy eater as far as that goes. I like to work out, uh, watch my health. Transportation, gas, I'm spending about 150 a week. That includes insurance, all that. Uh, gym membership, okay. about 120, 130. Personal, probably like $200 a month on personal items. Also, as a travel nurse, I have to have a, a, I guess, like a home base in Georgia where I live. I return to Georgia often, you know, because that's where all yeah. my stuff is at. So I have a second place over there that I'm paying 650 a month for. Okay. Um, is I that was paying an a, apartment? 1100 Yeah, it's basically like an apartment, but it's a okay. room in an apartment. So all in all, you're spending about what is that like 3,500 or so per month on your living expenses? About 4,500. There's, there's a couple okay. of things here and there that I spend on. Nothing yeah. significant. So what's your average take home pay per month or bi-weekly? The past few months, not including this month, my average monthly gross pay is 22,000. My weekly net pay would be 4,100. 4,100. Wow. And that's take home, correct? <laughs> yeah, that's take home. That's net pay. So after my 401k taxes. Yeah, that's so about so, yeah, 16,000, 17,000 a month. Yeah, um it's for about 4100, 4000. Oh, you said oh, that's a week. Yeah, that's a week. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, that's insane, man. And you're 27 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a really blessed situation to be in. Where yeah, I'm because like, oh, yeah, increase my savings right there. Yeah, man. So I get it that, you know, you're able to save so much because you have so much money flowing in. You're like, what do I do with it? I'm like, okay, I'll just stash it away and just keep saving it. At the end of the day, you're bringing home like $17,000 after mm -hmm. taxes every month. Yeah. And then and if you subtract your living expenses, you're still left with like at least twelve to thirteen thousand. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Right. Twelve twelve thousand sounds like a good number. So yeah. what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> 
So I've actually been driving the same car, you know, not, I keep saying this to myself. All right, I'll get a new car. Once I turn 30, I've been driving a Mazda three that I've had since I was 19. That's basically been in like five, six car accidents where only one was my, one was my fault. All the other ones were not my fault. Uh, so I've been driving that car, you know, it's pretty beat up at this. I mean, not visibly beat up, but it's beat up at this point. You're telling me you don't own a Lamborghini. You you're know, not lambo <laughs> no i'm not a lambo you know and another thing the reason i want to keep this car is you know especially when i was in chicago they broke down my window and i they try to i guess on christmas day when i was in chicago they broke my window thinking i had presents in there and you know i probably would have been way more upset if it was a car i guess i was really happy to own you know like a really nice yeah. car but then i was like oh this sucks but it's yeah. a, like it's a six thousand dollar car and i got it fixed yeah. for like less than a hundred so i was like okay this sucks but whatever yeah you know monica and i we own a volvo xc90 it's an suv and that's uh -huh. the most expensive car we've ever purchased and initially i had regrets i'm like man this thing is too expensive i don't even know why we paid this much for this car because we paid like 70,000 72,000 for it Ugh. but now we tell ourselves we're like do we really even need an expensive car we really don't there was one day monica came home and um, I walked in the garage after she parked the car in the garage and I saw that there was like a huge, huge scuff mark on the right side of the passenger side. Mm -hmm. I'm like, did you just like crash into the garage while you were backing into it? <laughs> and had it been like when we first purchased the car, I would have been like, oh man, I would have been so upset. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't care. You could like, there could be dents all over this car and I won't care. Like I'm not trying to drive a fancy car anymore. I really don't care about that. So our next car is gonna be like something that we can drive that fits the family i don't care how inexpensive it is but we just want it to be able to take us from point a to point b <laughs> that's how i view my car too you hit a curve oh that sucks yeah. i don't worry about it yeah. i like having that like not having to worry about my car like if, yeah. if someone were to like steal my car or whatever i'd be like yeah. oh that sucks well, <laughs> me, time to get a new car like I'm yeah. somewhat attached to my car but not like it's not a worry in the back of my head yeah. like whatever happens so, my car happens so what plan do you have with your traveling job? Do you want to continue traveling for a long period of time or do you want to become a staff nurse eventually? So right now I want to travel at least while I'm in my 20s. So that gives me at least two more years since I'm about to turn 28. I saw you post the other day where uh, what Stanford nurses make uh, due <laughs> yeah. to the update, you know, but this yeah. is like with 30 years experience, but I imagine this also has to do with the steps and yeah. all that. I'm like, yeah. dang, should I just go ahead and get like a union job and start building? <laughs> yeah. Seniority, or should I just, yeah. or should I take this? I mean, you know, travel is still slightly higher pay, but I'm like, okay, if I'm thinking long term, is it better to go ahead and take uh, a unionized job? So now, now I'm in that dilemma. Yeah. But as of and, now, and I, we'll, we'll do it till around 30. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, that is like, um, it's not common for nurses to make that much, but a lot of the nurses in the Bay Area do earn that much. And here's the thing, though, like the salary that you saw at Stanford, that's for a per diem nurse working 30 years night shift, 40 hours a week, right? Yeah. But you can earn that much without having 30 years of experience because you can play it smart and just pick up overtime 
on your days on yeah. or come in on your days off. And again, I work with so many nurses that their average yearly is 300,000. You know, that's, I mean, like that's so common in, in the hospital that I work in and it's, and they're all staff and they don't have like 30 years of experience either. Like I worked with a nurse that just started with us. Yeah. Year to a year and a half. And this was during the height of COVID. They started giving us more overtime. His wife is also a nurse within one year, him and his wife combined made like almost 600,000 actually. Damn, so that's a really good, that's a real good number. <laughs> yeah. You know, people say right? the Bay Area is expensive, but if you're making that mm -hmm. much, you're it's, right. you're not, you know, you're not worried about much. You know, you could afford yeah. real estate on that much. Exactly. Because even after taxes, even after all of your expenses, mm -hmm. when you're making that much money, you still have several thousands of dollars that you can invest in other places to grow your income. Yeah. So after one contract is over, do you usually have another contract lined up or do you wait in between? Uh, actually, we'll try and find a contract uh, to uh, follow it. I yeah. might be like, hey, can I get a week off before I start this next one? So as of now, wow. what I usually do is I'll, I'll find a contract. If I like the hospital, I'll stay and extend for uh, another 13 weeks. I'll be like, hey, can I get this week off in between? And they usually let me. If they, they don't want to lose people. People are short everywhere. Yeah, because you know, a lot of the fear that people have who want to get into nursing but don't is they're afraid that there might be a large gap of employment in between their contracts. So they're yeah. afraid that, you know, when they go to renew a contract or extend their contract, it might not be available. Has that been the case for anybody you've known who's been a traveler? So um, I think that's a bigger deal for people who do what's called ghoul traveling, uh, where they can only travel, I guess, within, you know, the area they live in. As far as personally knowing anybody, no, but I've read about it online. Luckily, you know, as a single young dude, <laughs> I could go anywhere. And so yeah. jobs are available. If, if I couldn't yeah. find a job in Chicago, well, I was going to go to California either way. It's California is huge. Yeah. There's San yeah. Diego, Los Angeles, Sacramento, Bay Area. There's so many places to choose from. So did you have a hard time getting? Oh no, yeah. I did not have a hard time. Uh, uh, oh, getting here or finding a job? Yeah, getting a license here. Did you have a hard time with that? Oh, so actually, I remember on a different Discord server, someone had posted a link to one of your videos. It was probably October of last year. You had talked about about getting your California license, and then you yeah. said it would take a while. I was like, I think the next week I had done my fingerprints. I had sent, it was a couple hundred dollars. I know that. Yeah. I was like, well, well let's get this rolling. Let's <laughs> get to California. At that point, I was like, okay, my goal is to get to California by summer of 2022. I got yeah. here summer 2022. I got my California wow. license in February or March, so about three months waiting. Yeah, yeah, similar to us. It was actually, it took like a couple of months for us, but yeah, that was that, that was actually the, I think the second video I posted on my channel. So that was a long time ago. I'm surprised yeah. anybody actually shares that video because it actually, I thought in my opinion, I'm like, that's one of the worst videos I have. <laughs> but it is helpful because it lays hey, out the step-by-step -step process. A lot of, lot of information in that video. Yeah. I, I think I watched cool. it at least three times to make sure I cut it all down. <laughs> you know, I that's mean, funny. you don't have to watch it, but you can hear it and you still get a yeah. lot of information. True, you know? true. Uh, yeah. I know I skipped awesome. the step where you had to go to California, but I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah. not, that, I'm not in that much of a rush to get to California. Just <laughs> yeah. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. Do you regret moving here at all? Is there anything that you dislike about California? You know, besides this heat wave and not having AC, the past few days um yeah. has been pretty good uh yeah. for me so far you know every other day has been nice you know the barrier has a nice breeze where you need ac besides the past few days i like the vibe i feel like i fit right in you know a lot of people that are thinking about moving to california they're afraid because they think that all they see is like the crime is high in california have you personally witnessed any crime
crime or have you been a victim of crime where you so, live? I, um, I have not been a victim of crime in uh, as far as I've been here in uh, the Bay Area, but I feel like I'm in a pretty decent area. But when I did go to San Francisco last weekend, I had stepped out. I think I was on 16th and Mission uh, oh, Street, that's whatever. It. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, where am I? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, like I thought, yeah. I thought San Francisco was like gonna be really pretty. It was on the yeah. right there, and then I was yeah. like, I saw so many, I guess, people doing drugs. I saw oh, a guy showering yeah. himself, and I was like, okay. But then I started walking, yeah. you know, eventually. But that was my first <laughs> in real life view of San Francisco. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, were these people right? <laughs> actually, it was, yeah, it's, saw... it's actually not as bad, you know, once you get out of like certain areas. Yeah, you know, you know I saw a video posted on Reddit just two days ago i think it was where someone was recording all these homeless people on drugs in the yeah. streets by mission street also so as soon as you said mission i'm like yeah i know that area very yeah. well because also i've driven through there and man it's like a zombie apocalypse when you walk yeah. through there because these people are walking around all drugged up it's it's pretty it's, bad in it, some of those areas it's an unfortunate situation but you know yeah. it was just um what the heck where am i like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but basically i haven't been victimized here, yeah. uh, since yeah. here so you know cool. let's yeah. keep that up <laughs> yeah so if you have any advice for travelers or for nurses wanting to get into traveling what would it be Ooh, you have to be prepared to get in there be a sponge <laughs> and go with the flow with the unit i mean obviously don't do anything that's illegal or dangerous but you know different units have their own way of doing it they don't want to hear yeah. people be like well back home this is how we <laughs> did this yeah you, yeah you, know, you, you basically have to to, you have to have that friendly smile and face and be able to work with everyone. You don't want to be known as the traveler <laughs> on your unit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's basically just having good social skills, making sure your people need help, you're helping. Because yeah. a lot of places, this is not as bad, I guess, a deal in the Bay Area since nurses get paid pretty good here. But from what I remember on my unit in Atlanta, a lot of the nurses have the, well, they get paid double what I get paid. So why should I be doing this? Or, you know, there's a yeah. lot of, uh, resent or uh, a lot of animosity towards yeah. nurses like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, luckily, I haven't personally experienced that since you know I try to help out as much as I can. Since I'm usually a pretty energetic person who's trying to get things moving. Yeah. I, the question I'm often asked also by nurses, new nurses especially, is, "Hey, can I be like a new grad and get into traveling?" What would you say to those type of nurses? <sighs> you know, I read about that too, and I'm just like, how, how? Like, so yeah. another thing that people don't realize when you have I guess a staff job you have been at for a long time you know where everything's at you know who to ask for what you know which numbers to call you get used yes. to that as a traveler yeah. I don't get that I have to walk in you know get a few days orientation yeah. start knowing where things are at quickly and you know and I've been here three months I still don't know 100% everything <laughs> and so you're losing that on your efficiency your you know and depending on the charting system being an efficient charter you have to like because some yeah. places want you to chart this but other places are like oh that doesn't matter or whatever <laughs> so you're losing out on that uh, true. you're losing out on the people you know say this situation happens you know to call this person 
question. Well, you're at this hospital now. Who do I call now? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know if you've experienced that once you get to see oh, yeah. where you, you, Absolutely. you know, you lose that on that yeah. stuff. Even the supply yeah. room, supply rooms change. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, say like a ACE wrap might've been up here <laughs> in this particular section. Well, now it's down here. And now I got to remember that it's down there and yeah. not get used to like reaching up. Yeah. There. I'm telling you, you got to be at the top of your game to be yeah. a traveler, in my opinion, you know, because you have to be willing to adapt to a new environment every Basically, eight to 13 weeks. That's basically it. Being adaptable yeah. is the biggest thing. Uh, being adaptable, quick to learn, just being fast in general. Yeah. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, actually, before I was a traveler, there was this travel nurse on my unit that was not quick on picking stuff up. And I'm like, yeah. well, they can do it. And, you know, I don't <laughs> want to be, I didn't say it, but I was thinking in my head, well, they yeah. can do it. And I'm I think I'm pretty quick at picking up. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, you made it. <laughs> yeah. Look where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, dude, thanks so much for being on this mm -hmm. video with me you know i'm sure a lot of people are going to be appreciative of all the content you've provided all the information you've given but you know for those of you that want more advice and want more help i recommend you guys go on our discord server because you know les is on the discord server along with so many other people that help each other out and i think it's a really it's a small community right now but i think like it's pretty cool because we we're always giving each other advice and making each other laugh so i really like it there all right les so i'm gonna end the call here and right, i'll see you good. on the discord server man all right, guys, that's it for this video. If you enjoyed this video, I'm sure you guys are going to like our other Road to Fire videos. So make sure you click on this video here.